Please hello and welcome to Listen I Made a Hat. I'm your host Sheila O'Neill and in this episode we'll be discussing the influence of Oscar Hammerstein on Stephen Sondheim's life and work. Oscar Greenlee Clendenning Hammerstein II was born on July 12, 1895 in New York City to Alice and William Hammerstein. Young Oscar was born into the world of theater. His father, his uncle, and his grandfather, Oscar Hammerstein I, were involved in managing theaters, operas, and vaudevilles. Despite this, William didn't want his son to join the family business, so Oscar went to law school. After his father's death, Oscar participated in several variety shows at college, before quitting the school altogether to pursue a career in theater. In 1920, his first musical, Always You, opened. The show was produced and directed by his uncle, Arthur Hammerstein, who would go on to produce much of Oscar's early work. After Always You, Hammerstein wrote or co-wrote the book and lyrics for another 15 musicals before his first major accomplishment in 1927, Showboat. At that time, musical theater mostly consisted of what we now call reviews. Songs were connected by jokes, bits, perhaps a theme, but rarely a story that lasted the length of the show, incorporating all the songs. This idea of the book and score of a musical being integrated to serve one story was launched by Showboat and cemented by another Oscar Hammerstein show in 1943, his first collaboration with Richard Rogers, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. Hammerstein worked with several collaborators throughout his career, but his work with Richard Rogers is what he is best remembered for. And although Rogers produced a lot of great work in his collaboration with Lorenz Hart, it is often said that Hammerstein brought out the best in the composer. The team's ability to tackle tough issues while making audiences happy is truly remarkable. With Rogers' soaring music and Hammerstein's cockeyed optimism, any topic, from the pressures of modern living to racism to Nazi Germany, was handled in such a way that one leaves the theater both smiling and deeply thinking about life. Certainly, the duo brought American musical theater to a level of complexity that it had never seen before, a level of complexity that had for so long been reserved for plays alone. And it's not surprising that Hammerstein's musical theater looked more like straight theater. As a librettist, it's easy to see how Hammerstein's job was similar to writing a play. But he took this structure into the lyrics as well. Where past shows used songs as a distraction or spectacle, Hammerstein used them for plot and character. He approached each song as a small one-act play, moving forward either the action or the character development. Often the latter, as Hammerstein's school of thought is that a character in a musical should sing when spoken words are no longer adequate to express their thoughts and feelings. Oh, what's the use of wondering if he's good or if he's bad? He's your fella and you love him. That's all there is to where some Rodgers and Hammerstein songs still retain the light playfulness of the era before them, others go beyond. Hello, Young Lovers from The King and I communicates Anna's kindness in the face of personal loss. Soliloquy from Carousel is an inner monologue set to music. And You've Got to Be Carefully Taught from South Pacific is a bold critique of the underlying racism in society. In his writing both spoken and sung, Hammerstein was truly a playwright. And in the early 1940s, he was a playwright who happened to be living near a 10-year-old Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim was friends with Hammerstein's son, Jimmy, and eager to get away from the troubles of living with his emotionally abusive mother. And so little Stevie spent a lot of time at the Hammerstein house and grew very close to Oscar, who he called Aki. Merry Christmas, Aki. 
Guess who this is? Both Oscar and his second wife, Dorothy, helped provide a safe haven for the young Sondheim. With his father gone and his mother taking her problems out on him, it's troubling to think what might have happened without the positive adult influence the Hammersteins provided. And of course, the Hammersteins also introduced Sondheim to the world of theater. At the age of 13, Sondheim was brought to see Oklahoma, and it excited him enough to make him consider creating musicals of his own. Sondheim has often said that he went into the theater because he admired Hammerstein and wanted to do what he did. Quote, I think if Oscar had been a geologist, I would have become one too. Unquote. Well, the geological community certainly lost a great mind, but I don't think theater fans would have it any other way. The story of Sondheim's first real lesson about theater is an oft-repeated one, and it's worth repeating here. Sondheim was attending George School, a boarding school in Pennsylvania, and he and two fellow students had written a musical called By George, which was about life at the school. Sondheim was incredibly proud of the musical, and when he handed it to Hammerstein, he told his mentor to treat it as though it were written by someone he didn't know, and to look at it as a producer, not a friend. Fifteen-year-old Sondheim was sure that he was already Broadway-bound. So when Hammerstein told him that it was the worst thing he had ever read, his ego was quickly deflated. But a bad show can still reveal talent, and Hammerstein spent an afternoon with Sondheim going through the script page by page and showing the young writer where he had gone wrong and how to do better in the future. He then assigned Sondheim the task of writing four musicals over the course of the next few years. First, to take a play that Sondheim admired and turn it into a musical. Sondheim adapted George Kaufman's Beggar on Horseback into a show called All That Glitters, which he was able to get produced for three performances at college. For the second, Hammerstein told him to take a play that he didn't think was particularly good, or that needed improvement, and musicalize it. Sondheim completed his musical adaptation of Maxwell Anderson's High Tour, but wasn't able to get permission to put it on stage. The third musical, based on a non-dramatic source, was never finished at all. Sondheim had chosen to adapt Mary Poppins into a musical, but found himself unable to create a cohesive structure out of the group of short stories. The fourth and final project was an original musical. For this, Sondheim wrote a show called Climb High, about a young man seeking fame and fortune. Hammerstein's notes on Climb High are thorough and often critical, but always constructive. He doesn't hesitate to point out the problems in the script, and he doesn't sugarcoat his thoughts, but he is just as honest and forthcoming when he feels something is good. The show's music is not mentioned at all, simply because that isn't Hammerstein's area of expertise, and the dialogue and structure of the musical are commented on more than the lyrics. Hammerstein's critique of the characters as unlikable seems almost prescient of Sondheim reviews to come. Commenting on one scene, Hammerstein goes so far as to write, quote, This is not a nice girl. This is a sadist, unquote. He also notes the length of the script. Hammerstein's latest show at the time, South Pacific, is 90 pages total, which is about average for a libretto. Climb High's first act alone is 99 pages. Hammerstein underlined this page number and wrote, Boy! From these notes and Sondheim's own account of his time with Hammerstein, it's clear that the man was a good teacher. He was a talented playwright and had a way of clearly expressing his thoughts and techniques. While Sondheim never wrote the libretto for a professional show, he did internalize his mentor's lessons on character and drama, and these lessons have clearly influenced his work as a lyricist. Sondheim's songs often delve into character or forward the plot. He has also written several extended musical scenes, such as A Weekend in the Country from A Little Night Music and Opening Doors from Merrily We Roll Along. Hammerstein helped Sondheim with his career as well as his craft. 
When Sondheim got out of college, Hammerstein helped him get work as a writer on a television show called Topper. While not quite theater, and not musical at all, it brought in some money and officially made Sondheim a professional writer. Hammerstein also influenced Sondheim's career by convincing him to work on West Side Story and Gypsy, despite Sondheim's reluctance to write lyrics for someone else's music. Hammerstein also wanted Sondheim to work with Richard Rogers after his death, and this wish was one of the reasons Sondheim agreed to write the lyrics for Do I Hear a Waltz. Whether Hammerstein disliked Sondheim's music, was simply advocating for a composer-lyricist partnership like the ones that had worked so well for him, or led Sondheim to his only just-the-lyrics jobs entirely by coincidence, is unclear. What is clearer is that Westside and Gypsy gave Sondheim experience and connections that helped him begin his Broadway career. And certainly he wouldn't have been prepared to work on shows of that caliber at all without the guidance that Hammerstein had provided. But before any of these shows, while Sondheim was still in college, Hammerstein offered his protege a $25 a week job as a gopher on his current musical, Allegro. The job itself was composed of small tasks, go for lunch, go for coffee, type up the script. But the experience left a mark on Sondheim's mind. The show was incredibly experimental, both in its scope, telling the story of a man's life starting at his birth, its content, dark plot elements and cutting social commentary, and its dramatic techniques, most notably the use of a Greek chorus. Don't worry about it, darling. You're a better judge of what you can do than I am. Go easy, Jenny. Use your head. This is the biggest chance you'll ever have. The show also used an innovative set that allowed for a more cinematic flow than theater of the time. While the show was a commercial failure, it struck a chord with Sondheim, who later considered that he, quote, might not be so attracted to experimental musicals if I hadn't gotten my feet wet with Allegro, unquote. And Allegro was a show that failed not because of a lack of talent or professionalism, but because its ambition was biting off more than its execution could chew. This spirit of ambition was definitely passed on to Sondheim, who has revolutionized the theater time and time again, never because he plans to be revolutionary, but because each project that excites him calls for a unique method of storytelling, and he learned in his youth that content dictates form. Hammerstein spent the rest of his life wanting to rewrite the second act of Allegro, and it's fair to say that Sondheim is following suit. For Sondheim's entire career, he has, in a manner of speaking, been trying to fix Allegro, to take content that matters to him and convey it on stage not in a way that fits convention, but in a way that fits the show itself. The most recognizable parallel to Allegro in Sondheim's work is Merrily We Roll Along. Like Allegro, it tells the story of a man's life, not from birth, but over an extended amount of time. Like Allegro, it is a tale told through an unconventional technique. The story is told in reverse. And as Allegro can be seen as a metaphor for Oscar Hammerstein's own life, particularly his dilemma in dealing with success, Merrily We Roll Along contains Sondheim's only consciously autobiographical song, Opening Doors, in which Sondheim dramatizes the struggles of rejection in his early career. There's not a tune you can hum. There's not a tune you go bum 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 dee dum. You need a tune to go bum 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 dee dum. Give me some melody. But Allegro redeems its corrupted protagonist, while Merrily We Roll Along does not. And while Sondheim's worldview is very different from Hammerstein's, its expression in his work is still influenced by his mentor's advice. In Sondheim's pre-professional shows, he was directly emulating Hammerstein in his songs. Because the sentiments in the lyrics weren't sincere, the songs fell flat. Sondheim recalls that Hammerstein responded by telling him to, quote, say things your own way, and don't be ashamed of saying them your own way, unquote. Sondheim needed to write about the things he believed, without relying on imitation. And as he continued to write, he left his imitation of Oscar's work behind and found his own voice. 
Before Hammerstein died in 1960, Sondheim asked him to sign a picture for him. Hammerstein inscribed the photo, For Stevie, my friend and teacher. Remembering the moment brings tears to Sondheim's eyes. For 20 years, Sondheim and Hammerstein learned a lot from each other. And along with Hammerstein's legacy as a writer, Sondheim has continued his mentor's legacy as a teacher. Sondheim has given masterclasses, been generous with interviews, and worked personally with a number of songwriters, including Adam Gettle and the late Jonathan Larson. And for those who may never have the good fortune to meet Sondheim in person, there are countless lessons to be learned from his work. Sondheim's deep respect for teaching has influenced every aspect of his life and career, and many people's lives have been impacted and improved as a result, including my own. Sondheim's musicals may be different from Hammerstein's on the surface, but they come from the same principles of ambition and sincerity. Hammerstein died early in Sondheim's career, but I'm sure that if he could hear what Sondheim has done since, he would be proud of how far Sondheim's work has come, and proud of how Sondheim's motivation has stayed true. Sondheim has said that the only good reason to do a show is for love, and with only one exception, he has followed this rule. Over the years, Sondheim has had many teachers, collaborators, and friends who have made their impression on his life and work. But the man who gave him a place to be happy and safe, a passion for music and drama, and the patience and instruction that turned raw talent into polished craft was Oscar Hammerstein, a wonderful artist, a true friend, and an invaluable teacher. Thank you for listening. This has been Listen, I Made a Hat. Visit us online at listenimadeahat.com. I'm Sheila O'Neill, and you can find me at SheilaO'Neill.com. We'll be taking a hiatus for the month of January, but join us on February 1st, when we'll be discussing Sondheim's most revived Broadway musical, Gypsy. And the quote of the day is, It's a very ancient saying, but a true and honest thought, that if you become a teacher, by your pupils you'll be taught.